Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities. I'm Randy Cardoon, and this week... Well, let me back up a little bit. It's not so much about the person and their car story this week. It's actually about the car and its car story. In 1964, the Ford Mustang debuted on the scene, and Ford, wanting to put their car out there in public, decided to give one to Playboy magazine as a prize for their Playmate of the Year, who happened to be Donna Michelle. It was a 1964-and-a-half Mustang, had a 289 V8 in it, and oh yeah, it was pink. That's right, really pink. And it would stand out. And thus began a Playboy tradition of giving a pink car to their Playmates of the Year. Well, in 1965, it was a Sunbeam Tiger. It was a V8. And yes, the two-seater was pink. Same in 1966, when Allison Parks received a first-year pink Dodge Charger. Then in 1967, Lisa Baker took home a redesigned 1967 pink Plymouth Barracuda. And in 1968, Playmate Angela Dorian took home a pink American Motors AMX, which basically brings us to our guest. Dorian's real name was Victoria Vetri, an actress who kept the car a long time. Well, now it's owned by Mark Melvin, who I happened to catch up with at the Chrysler Performance West Spring Fling at Woodley Park in Van Nuys earlier this year. This is a car with a very interesting story. When you first got this car, you did you or did you not have any idea of its background? Oh, I, I completely knew of it of its existence because um, I own another uh, AMX, a '69 AMX that I've had 41 years now. Uh, when I when I first bought my uh, AMX, no, I didn't know that this one even existed. But along the way, a few years down the road, I had heard, oh wow, really? Playboy uh, gave a playmate an AMX. Oh, how cool! Huh? Well, little did I know someday I would come to own that car. Where did you find this? Um, it it, it kind of came to me. Um, I, I got an email from a friend up north who sells AMC parts and to let me know that this car was uh, for sale uh, near where I worked in Westwood. This car was for sale down uh, near the beach uh, at a used car lot on Lincoln Avenue. Okay, so it was a classic car place? No, it was just a used car lot. Uh -huh. Just a junker, junkyard. What kind of shape was it in? Uh, it was it was in very poor condition. On a scale of one to ten, it was like a one. Is at best probably a parts car. It had been repainted several times, uh, and the only value in the car really was because of the history of its owner that made it worthwhile to to bring it back to life. So when they told you about it, they did know about the story and they kind of gave you a little background on it. And did the the guy selling it at the dealership know what he had? Yeah, he did. I, I well, in fact, he told me that. Um, he initially had intentions of restoring it himself, but then when he started calling around to the, to the parts places, you know, how much is this going to cost? Because cars are in really bad condition. How much is it going to cost for this part? How much for that part? And he realized, wow, it's going to cost so much money. So then he turned around and put the car up for sale on eBay. He got hits right away. Um, he had a gentleman from Vermont that had called in to uh, buy the car. I came along the same day, and, uh, well, you know, the, the deal is that car's not sold until there's some money on the table. Because the gentleman in Vermont, I mean, he very well could have changed his mind and not called back, and the card still be for sale, you know. So, it, it's it's the money on the counter is makes the sale. So, uh, I came along the same day. I, I showed interest in the car, and uh, I bought the car. How much did he want for it? Uh, thirteen thousand was the sale price for me. Uh -huh. Well, that's 
at the time, that's kind of steep for a, for a car that's needed a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like either you pay it or, you know, leave the car. It's not, you either pay the money and drive the car or take the car home or else it's not your car. In fact, the, the, the used car lot gentleman told me later, after the sale, he says he's never had a customer that paid him so much money for such a piece of junk. Okay, so you bought the car, and then I'm assuming you kind of dove into its history. Or did you know all the history going in? Well, I just knew that uh, the car had been given to the to the Playmate by Playboy. Uh, she was she never she never took the car to any car shows. You know, she was kind of a recluse. Uh, the this this car was kind of a, 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 myth, a mythical car in the around in the AMC community. You know, we we knew of its existence, but where was it? You know, she didn't take it to shows. Where is this car? Uh, so there was there's there was little information on it. And. You know, back in the day, uh, if I remember right, and you know the story, I think, better than I do, is is this was one of the original pink cars, and eventually there were problems by for the Playmates because people would, what, actually see this car driving around, they'd put two and two together and go, wait, pink car, Playmate, and then try and follow it. Well, exactly. You know, each year when the, these, uh, the Playmates would receive their pink cars, it was in the news, on TV. Uh, <clears throat> so driving down the streets, uh, they got a lot of attention. Uh, guys would follow them. I heard even uh, uh, police would follow them and pull the playmates over to get an autograph, you know, and which was unwanted attention by the playmates. So they all they all changed the color of their cars right away, uh, including this playmate. She changed it first to I believe a chocolate brown color, silver, and then 20 years later, 1980 uh, mid 80s, uh, she changed it to a black. And I, I think really, aside from that first color change to get rid of the the pink. Uh, the other paint changes were probably because of due to collisions, uh, uh, crash repair. Car was battered on all four sides. It had a lot. It had a lot of crash damage. Any idea? I mean, give me a general idea how much it costs to to restore something like this to to the condition it is today, which is just like new. Well, <laughs> I have personally, I have I have receipts for eighty thousand dollars in that car. Um, it could have been done for cheaper. When I when I first bought the car, I was so excited, like, oh, I I got to start. Getting, I start. I have to start uh, uh, acquiring parts for it. You know, I started hounding uh, eBay every day. Uh, I'd buy. I was buying parts left and right. And I mean, within a couple months, I had like eight thousand dollars of new parts. And uh, and then uh, one, one of my friends in the car club, uh, Alan, uh, took on the project of helping me. He says, "Stop buying those parts. A lot of the stuff we can repair. We'll fix it. You don't need new stuff." So uh, yeah, I mean if. If I had started the whole project over with a different mindset, it could have been done for a lot cheaper. Now, the license plate on there, and I won't really give the license plate, but is that the original plate that was on the car? That's the, that is the original, well, not, that's, those are the original, those are the original uh, letters in the, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the original plates themselves were so bad that the uh, shop I sent them to, to be restored, uh, they put, they did their best effort on them. They said they were the worst plates they had ever worked on, and they, they still look so bad that they weren't good enough for this car. Uh, so I uh, I had to acquire these new plates. These are these are new stamped. I find it interesting that you were talking about how in in the AMC community you, this has become kind of a cult car. Tell us a little bit about cult status and being attached to something like that as far as the attention that it draws. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what you mean by a cult status. Um, well, it's it's kind of you would mention that it's kind of a car that everybody knew about, and it's kind of like the car of a certain notoriety. And now you own it. Talk about what that's like. 
Well, probably, I mean, the, the AMC community uh, are mostly old people my age. My, I'm, I'm probably one of the younger guys in the AMC hobby. I'm in my late 50s. Uh, so the, we know the history, but uh, the newer generations coming up, of course, they've never heard of the... They've never heard of this car. What is the biggest thing about this car? The fact that it, of the Playboy angle, the fact that there was an incident involving the Playmate that ended getting her thrown into jail. What, what's the biggest real draw for this car, you think? Well, right off the bat, it's the color, obviously. Um, officially, it's called Playmate Pink. I mean, sure. I mean, and the pink really stands out. I mean, you could have a row of cars, all different colors, and then, whoop, there's the pink car. It really stands out for sure. Uh, and then, you know, if you come over and look at the car, maybe look at the storyboard next to it or talk to me. And then, you know, I, there's the, the history of it, a car that I can explain. And so that makes that that adds to the to the whole story. Sure. Playboy used to give a, a an eclectic group of cars to the Playmates of the year. I mean, there would be a Jaguar one year, a Porsche one year, a Mercedes one year. And then, of course, somebody got an Eagle Talon one year and somebody got the AMX. If this was an Eagle Talon and the same story and the same color involved, uh, revolved around it, would this be as big a story? Probably not, I would say. Probably not. It would still be unique. It would be interesting, but it, it wouldn't be as good. And likewise, if this if this car here was a Ford, if it was a Chevy, if it was a Chrysler, it would be much bigger. It's because it's an AMC. It's like, eh. It's, you know, it kind of tempers the excitement level there if you want if you, if you want to call it that go over though the story about uh, victoria vetri and angela dorian same person stage names that kind of thing and, and what really set this car apart and the story behind what set this car apart and her apart from just about everybody else that got a playmate of the year vehicle uh, well the playmate she was born uh victoria vetri um born in san francisco i believe she went to a high school hollywood high school um, she was already an accomplished uh, actress in the uh, industry in Hollywood. She had been on several uh, TV shows, uh, McHale's Navy, Hogan's Heroes, uh, Star Trek, Batman, and such. And uh, then she became a Playmate of the Month in 1967. 1968, she was named Playmate of the Year, and then she was awarded this car. Um, she owned this car for 42 years. It must have been special to her for her to keep it. It was her daily driver. Uh, she drove the wheels off it literally. It was crashed uh, on all four sides, um, and then I think, well, she, I guess, reached a point she had to sell it. I, I don't know if it was uh, financial reasons or what. I think, I think, I think maybe she had to get rid of it. Not that she wanted to, but nevertheless, uh, the car went up for sale. Uh, I bought it. Now, she uh, she couldn't find the pink slip for the car at the time, but. Uh, the used car lot, bought the car, in turn sold it to me, and then uh, he told me, as far as the, the, the title goes, the pink slip, he says, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I, I push these kind of financial paperwork through uh, all the time, and I'll get you the title, just, you know, hang in there. Well, so every week I would call the gentleman asking what's the status on the title, and he's always in a hurry, he always had to go. Uh, so after, after three months, I'm like, I'm getting worried, you know, I don't have a title to this car. And uh, and then I got a, an email from someone and said, hey, I just heard that the the um, the playmate uh, was involved in a shooting and she's in jail. I'm like, she's what? <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. And because when I bought the car, uh, I was given her uh, address and phone number. I, I, I was ready at that point because I didn't have the title. I was ready at that point to uh, approach her myself 
and and get the paperwork done, get the title through her. And then I hear she's she's now in jail. And you, if, if a person's in jail, he can't just go up and talk to them. I mean, they're that's off limits, you know. So I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And two hours later, the used car lot guy called me and told me, yeah, I went down to the DMV and I, I got the paperwork done, put it in the mail, and it should be there when you get home. And it was. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's that. I'm not making that up. It was. It went down exactly like that. That's crazy. <laughs> that is completely crazy that you would have to wait that long under those circumstances. So you never met her? Nope. No, I had, like I said, I had her address and phone number. I, I, I wanted to meet her. Um, but then three months after I bought the car, I mean, she, she's, she's been in jail ever since. She's been in, so. Now, I heard somewhere where um, there's kind of a p- informal plan you have. She's going to get out of jail one of these days, correct? Well, yeah, uh, she was sentenced to uh, nine years in prison, and she's been in uh, eight so far. And I, I've heard rumors that maybe as soon as this month she might be getting out. So, uh, yeah, I, I remarked on uh, this, this car was a, in a Jay, Leno, Jay Leno's garage video, and I had kind of joked with Jay, like, well, I'd make a great news story if I were to pick her up on the doors of the prison when she got out, you know, it'd make a great story and it would, but I don't know. Are you aware of any other Playmate vehicles that have this kind of story line behind them? There's pictures of the other cars um, when they were given to the Playmates, but there's no information uh, what happened to them afterwards uh, down the road. Cause I, you know, every Playmate changed the color of the car. And once they sold the car, the history got lost and it's just, there's, there's no information out there uh, that I'm aware of, at least. Uh, there's one little story about maybe a, the, the pink Pantera that was given to a playmate. Some guy claimed that when he bought it, um, that uh, he was told that the car had previously been owned by a playmate, but he had no documentation to prove it. The car had been repainted, so there was no pink paint on it. So how do you, how do you, how do you prove it? How do you? I shorted DMV, and I don't know if they would cooperate under those circumstances. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this car, I have, I have the documentation. You know, I can, I can show that this used to belong to the Playmate for sure. What are your plans for the car now? You've had it for a long time. Obviously, I, I assume you're not interested in selling it. Uh, not right away. I, I told myself years ago that the time to sell it will be when I'm not having fun with it anymore. You know, if, if it's a drag to take it to car show, to pull it out of the trailer, if I'm dreading that day and it's like well then it's time to sell it so i'm still having fun taking it to shows you know like like today this is a good show gets a lot of interest people the the girls like getting their picture taken with it of course and uh people like looking at it and talking about it and asking me questions so it's it's still fun it's still fun so you know when it's not fun then that's time to sell it i was gonna say is that the most fascinating thing about the car is when you take it to shows and you've taken it to several i've seen uh just the reaction people have to it yeah, mostly good reaction. I guess uh, sometimes you get some funny looks from the guys, you know, like pink car, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but the, all the girls like it. I'd imagine the car, the guys would sit there and say, okay, pink car, but whoa, Playboy car. That would completely erase the pink from their brain, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, there's, there's also the Mary Kay uh, angle, too. A lot of people ask, is that a Mary Kay car? <laughs> so you get tired of trying to explain it. And so I'll say, oh, yeah, it's a Mary Kay car. My mom used to be a Mary Kay distributor. It's her car, you know. <laughs> That's Mark Melvin, a co-owner of the Playmate of the Year 1968 AMX, once owned by Angela Dorian, a.k.a. Victoria Vetri. By the way, Vetri was released from prison in April of this year, and sadly, she did not see her former set of wheels waiting for her when she walked out of prison. Speaking of vivid colors, 
what's the craziest colors you've ever painted your classic car in? Me, I kind of went for a really dark blue with a lot of metal flake in my 1968 Chevy Malibu. Yeah, that was really kind of neat until I moved to the beach and then it all faded. And But that's, that's another story for another podcast, I'd say. Our Talking About Cars pal, Johnny Martinez... He, of course, is the pinstriper extraordinaire. You could hear his interview over on our Talking About Cars Classic page on SoundCloud. Johnny recently had his Grand National Award-winning 1929 Ford pickup called Wicked and Suede repainted. A deep and dark, I'd say almost like a cherry red, although that's not the actual name of the color. And the Ventura resident found his painter in Canada. I caught up with Johnny and his painter, Cecile Buckmeyer, at the Classic Auto Show at the L.A. Convention Center to find out about not only the car, but what's it like to be a woman in the field of custom car painting, a field dominated by men. But first, hey, Johnny, how did you find out about Cecile to begin with? Well, I was redoing my 29 Ford, and uh, I had the uh, pleasure of being introduced to Cecile, and she found out a little bit of history on the car, and a little bit about what I did and uh, she said I want to paint the hot rod I want to paint the 29 and I wasn't quite sure at first who she was her sister nudged me and said look my sister up she's quite somebody in the uh, car industry in Canada so I did just that and I didn't know what to say she uh, she painted the 29 Cecile tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the paint biz and all that uh, well, actually, my, my father was a mechanic, so like growing up with him, he was always tinkering in the garage, and so I really enjoyed the whole aspect of working with your hands and working on cars. And then I looked at a Hot Rod magazine once, and, and I seen this candy paint job, and like looked in the credits, and there was some somebody painted it, not a machine, a, a, somebody else painted it. So I was like, how do I learn how to do that? And so that's what really sparked my interest, and like just kind of dove in. And What was the first car you painted? Gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> you're really funny. Oh, come on. You look fine. You're 21 years old. I've been painting for 10 years. So 10 years ago, oh, my gosh. Uh, it was, I think it was like a Ford Focus, to be honest. It was, it was, it was just a cheesy memorable. mobile. Not. So memorable, yeah. No. no, but I mean, in a sense, I understand that because you're just starting. And, yeah. you know, you build your way up to that kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, which one? Which one is it going to be able to put together? And, and how long did it take you till you really got comfortable with really coming up with some fine product for you? Well, I started in the collision industry, so just fixing minor dents and whatnot and painting pretty basic cars. Um, and then probably five years after that, I started. I switched and I went to a custom shop and started painting motorcycles and, and restorations and stuff. And, and then, yeah, so about five years. Look, I don't want you to give away your secrets because obviously that's something that is just makes your work you. But what was it that kind of led to you coming up with your own style? Well, coming up with my own style, I, I was there was a lot of pushback when I first started in the industry. So that kind of lit a fire under underneath me, being like, oh, "You say I can't do this? Well, I will show you what I can do." And, and then, yeah. What? Why was there pushback? Uh, having a female in, a, in an auto body shop, there's typically a lot of males in there. Um, so 10, 15 years ago, there was no females in the shop, really. It was far and few between, so having one come in there, there was a lot of hesitancy, which I can understand. Um, and then, you know, you have to prove yourself, pay your dues, and, and continue on. And then 
you know, I, I became really good at what I did. Now, you, you, you've been painting custom now yep. through the bike shop and the custom house. What is your most memorable paint job besides Johnny's? Uh, 69 GTO. I painted like a, this candy, uh, it's like a purple, but it had a blue base, so it turned out like this gumdrop, awesome color, and I just I was so proud of it. And again, it's one of the cars that I got to see the body of, and then it left. And I haven't seen it all back together yet, so I'm hoping I'm going to be able to see that one. Because I, I just remember polishing it and just went, wow, this is a cool color. Oh, that's so awesome. Johnny, tell me a little bit about when you first saw it. Because, I mean, your car, and if you've never seen Wicked before, uh, there's plenty of pictures online. You can just look up Wicked 29 and, and Johnny's cars there. Uh, they did a video at one point. Uh, it was black, okay, and it was very cool, and you won Grand Nationals, and, and, I mean, this car was pretty incredible. But the first time you saw this, and you talked with Cecile about color combinations, could is this something you could have visualized, or was this something she had to talk you into, or what? It wasn't until after it was painted that I realized that I really didn't know what I wanted. And when I saw it, being it was sat in black for so many years, uh, it was like night and day. I realized just what I didn't know I really wanted until it was wow. there. And it was as though we had talked about it for months, which we did not. And I gave her an idea of what I wanted, and she was mixing and adding. And, and she almost pretty much decided how the end was going to be. And it was as though we had talked months about what exactly I wanted. I had no idea. None at all. It, it, it exceeded your expectations. Yes, it did. And I think the most exciting thing wasn't even so much me seeing it and owning it and that. It was the fact that she shot it and left the country and went back home to Canada. She'd that never She'd never seen it. And she just said right now about this GTO, she didn't see it together finally. Yeah. And I was so excited for her to see it. When I found out I was going to be here, I didn't know she was going to be here. Oh. And then she was. My car was not going to be here. Then it was. And both of them were here. And more than anything, she could show off what she did. So this is the first time you've seen the car together. Yep, yep. First time was actually yesterday. I, I walked just past this black curtain, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a car. That's so awesome. I'm so excited. It looks so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cecile, tell me a little bit here at the show. You've had a chance to be not on not one but two panels with basically women mechanics, women who are working on cars. I don't know how much you know or have really uh, met these people. Maybe you've known them for years. I don't know. I'm just curious. Your feeling now, after attending two of these panels with these people and really getting the feeling that you're one of them? I just feel honored, to be to be honest. Like, uh, uh, I didn't know these these women coming into here. I, I read up about them when I found out who I was on stage with. Then I was like, oh, my, am I, are you sure I belong up here? Like, it's just like, wow, look at these women. And, like, they're just doing so many amazing things. And then to just be included in that and then to meet them in person. And, like, they were all so nice and kind and, like, just welcoming. And I'm like... Oh, just, I'm so happy I'm a part of this. Like you guys are awesome, and I'm just you know just so honored to be here. So it was really cool. It's like where do I pay dues to be in this club? Wait a minute, I don't have to. I'm already in this club. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the dignitaries here, and so you've been recognized not, not only for what you've done with Johnny's car, but with what you've done up until that point. Yep. 
do you have any award-winning cars in Canada? I mean, they have car shows there, too. Are there cars that uh, stand out like Johnny's does? Um, like I said, I have painted quite a few hot rods up there. Um, unfortunately, uh, I'm not sure. They all kind of came to me in pieces, and when they left, they, they left. And it's like, you know, every once in a while, I'll walk by at a car show, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I did that car. Hey, what's up? And the owner sometimes doesn't even know it's me because oftentimes in the shop they see the boss, yeah. but not the person who's working in the in the booth, and and not very often do they care. So it's like walking by and it's like, hey, hey, I, you know I painted your car. Oh, what? Really? It was you? Are you sure? Like, yeah, I have photos of me painting it. That so sounds cool. so totally unfair that they well, don't know it's you. Yeah, it's it's like the pushback you were saying of coming into a body shop that's a primarily male-dominated industry, and you come in, you do this work, it's ex- extraordinary, but no one's telling the uh, the bo- the end user boo, who did it. Boo, Canadian body shops that are not telling him who it is. See, boo. it's not just here. No, it's not just here. I mean, it's common in collision shops that your car is painted and it's left, and if they're happy, they're happy. If they're not, then you have to redo it. And it's it, it, maybe in those cases, it's better to be um, like not known. But yeah, in the hot rod shops, it definitely is nice to get the recognition. Recognition, but no, it just doesn't happen that often. Cecile, if uh, somebody wants to check out some of the cars you've done, or and they see Johnny's maybe and they like it, and they're up in Canada or wherever, um, how would they contact you or somehow be able to you know check out it? Uh, get your services um so currently i'm actually teaching auto body up in canada so i i I moved from the the custom shop and i'm now teaching at the northern institute of alberta Uh, so it's it's nate for short and if you contact nate there's actually a pretty big picture of me on nate right now (laughs) so it would be pretty easy to find me and at nate i mean i'm teaching my students how to do the the jobs that i did and so you know, if you want like student involvement, definitely get in touch with Nate. Thanks to Mark Melvin, Johnny Martinez, and Cecile Buckmeyer for being my guests and talking about Cars 117. If you're listening to us in Canada, make sure you check out Cecile. As she said, she's now an instructor. Take her class. Learn something about custom car painting. Oh, by the way, one other note. Playboy stopped giving out pink cars in 1975. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to all of our new podcasts here on Radio.com, KNX1070.com, or if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe to us, and don't forget to rate us five stars, and please write a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can watch our videos on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.